Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's now time to enter the Sports Zone with your host, Bob Kemp. Campbell thought about a three. They move it around the perimeter, now inside to Hawkes, off the window. Extremely fast. Drew Timmy thought about the three, oh, he'll take it. He looks exhausted. He certainly does. Well, this game has not even had the stoppages that we had earlier. This game's continued on the move. Roberts looking for a quick answer, and he turns it over. Howells have numbers. Davis up ahead. Jarnell Davis! Seven straight points for the Owls. Two-point Phoenix lead. Trying to hang on to the number four spot in the West. Reeves sets, fires, and connects. Well, he is shooting 50% from the field, 43% from three. 100 apiece with nine and a half to go. Critical game for both teams in the standings. Curry catching two for three. Hit it. Steph Curry with his second three. 18 points, 11 assists. Moran's got an alley to the rim. Brown has rediscovered that rhythm, flips it right down the middle. It's Johnson who's got it, spinning to the end zone. Touchdown, Ohio State, as they reclaim the lead. When he was a head coach of the LSU Tigers, Young on third and six, and it's a strike for a first down. Prentice breaks tackles inside the 20. Prentice inside the 10 to the end zone. Touchdown, Alabama. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports own guide, Bob Kemp on KDUSAM1060. And welcome to the Thursday, March 23rd edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD 2 100.7, UCLA versus Gonzaga, who wins tonight in Las Vegas. Tennessee versus Florida Atlantic, who covers at MSG. The Suns. Should the Sun, should the fans now, at least the Suns fans, should they now appreciate DeAndre Ayton? The Warriors and Grizzlies, which team goes further in the postseason? The Panthers, what should they do with the first pick? I'm guessing this will not be the first time we ask this question. And what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's scheduled lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday and moments we'll have the introduction of today's pipeline. 9.15, a UCLA Gonzaga Sweet 16 preview with Ben Bolch of the Los Angeles Times. 9.30, interactive action at 602-260-1060. And also the local roundup. That will include some Suns and Lakers analysis from Wednesday night. The final segment, it'll be the national roundup, top by the latest line for the Sweet 16, which of course resumes tonight. Also in this hour, we'll have our daily spring training report and lunch for two at Porta Subs. 
And then after the sports um, from 10 to noon, it'll be the Extra Point hosted by Kayla. That'll include uh, an ASU basketball, a little maybe Pac-12, a little future of the Pac-12, football discussion, all kinds of things with Doug Haller from The Athletic. On to the pipeline we go. Time for today's pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we begin with a KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. And today's question is who wins tonight in Las Vegas, UCLA or Gonzaga? And Corey is here and has the early returns. Corey, what do you have? Right here, 100% Gonzaga, plus one and a half on KDUS1060.com. The UCLA haters are out there. That needs to change. The number is roughly one and a half worldwide. There's been some ones, some twos. Uh, this game is in Las Vegas, so some of the sports books in Las Vegas, I'm sure, are taking more action and you know, higher handle than usual on this particular game. And it is a Sweet 16 game. This would be a high handle game anyway, but the fact that the game is in Las Vegas, I think, is probably added to the handle uh, in most sports books, if not all sports books, at least in the state of Nevada. All right, today's Twitter poll question. Who you got tonight at Madison Square Garden, Florida Atlantic, plus four and a half or Tennessee minus four and a half? And what do we have here, Corey? Leading is Tennessee minus four and a half with 80% of the vote. Florida Atlantic plus four and a half at 20% on KDUSAM 1060 on Twitter. This matchup is the mighty SEC versus Conference USA. Conference USA has not been represented in the Sweet 16 since Memphis State in its heyday. The Sweet 16, by the way, includes teams from 11 different conferences the next couple of nights. That's the most of any Sweet 16 since 2011. Meanwhile, on the local roundup front, the Suns are not going to win many games without uh, Kevin Durant and DeAndre Ayton. They're 0-2 without that duo, at least in the last three or four days here. Following last night's loss to Austin Reeves, the Austin Reeves-led Lakers, should the Suns fans have a new appreciation for DeAndre Ayton over the uh, last few days after the consecutive losses to the Thunder and the Lakers? Meanwhile, spanning the globe, the Warriors won on the road again. Last night was the first time this season the defending champion Warriors have won on the road when trailing after the first quarter. First time the whole season. Meanwhile, the Grizzlies got John Morant back on the court. Came off the bench for the first time in his NBA career in the victory at Houston. Which team will have the uh, the deepest playoff run, the Warriors or the Grizzlies? C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. They've been uh, in the spotlight the last two, uh, two days. Uh, Stroud excelled in his uh, pro day yesterday in Columbus. And uh, Young is on display today. In fact, I think as we speak, uh, in Tuscaloosa. Uh, who should the Panthers select with the first pick of next month's draft, C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, or should they look to trade down? Also, in addition to all those excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show all the way back to yesterday? All right, that's the pipeline for today. We get to all these tremendous topics and much more during today's hopefully sensational radio program. Anything else on your mind falls into the general discussion category. So whether it is from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. 
basically the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. Coming up next, Corey will have a news update. That will be followed by UCLA Gonzaga preview. Ben Bolch of the Los Angeles Times scheduled to join us. Then at the bottom of the hour, as I mentioned, phone call time. It will be general discussion at that point. Also a little local roundup. We'll at least get to, uh, without question, from Suns and uh, some Suns and Lakers observations from last night. But phone call time, general discussion once again at the bottom of the segment, bottom of the hour, I should say, 602-260-1060. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. Your morning drive just got a little better. The Dan Patrick Show is live weekday morning starting at 6 exclusively on KDUS AM 1060. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. A little Peter Wolf scream there from the Jay Giles band back in the day. Uh, of course, uh, KDUSAM 1060 and KS Lux HD2 100.7, your home of the Dan Patrick Show, live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. UCLA, a small favorite tonight in their Sweet 16 matchup at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined in the sports zone by Ben Bolch of the Los Angeles Times. And Ben, always good to have you on the show. Let's go back to last week in San Francisco. UCLA advances with wins over uh, NC Asheville and Northwestern. How did you summarize uh, those two games for the Bruins? Uh, pretty much what I expected, actually. I mean, they were super locked in in that first game. Uh, just took care of Asheville basically in the first five minutes of that game. Had a great defensive plan for their top player, Drew Pemberg. And then, you know, got the starters, lots of rest. It was pretty much a perfect opening round game. And then the second game, you know, Northwestern's a tough, scrappy Big Ten team. Uh, you know, UCLA came out and, and got up by 14 points, and it looked like they were going to win in a runaway. But, you know, give Northwestern credit. They're a good team. Uh, they got some good guard play, came back, started hitting shots in the second half. But, you know, as we've seen all season from UCLA, the last minutes of a tight game or their time, uh, and they made it winning time again, pulling out against Northwestern. The only kind of uh, caveat going forward was the, the two injuries late that game. Again, yeah. Bona re-aggravated his left shoulder on a dunk. And then uh, David Singleton went down with 20 seconds left with a badly sprained ankle. So those are the two big question marks going into this Gonzaga game. Uh, you know, usually I would love to have both of them uh, – you know, at least one of them, uh, if both of them are out, that, that to me that changes things. But, uh, you know, I watched David Singleton walk around yesterday, and he looked fine. The Dembona, I think, is more of a question mark. But that's, everybody's going to be watching those two players in warm-ups today. All right, so let's kind of do a roll call here. Uh, yeah, since we last talked, last talk, Jalen Clark also went down, obviously, with the season-ending injury. They've now played five games without him. Obviously, a defensive stud, and you know, I think a lot of people may not realize how good he has been on offense, and he's a tremendous rebounder. How has his absence, Clark's absence, changed the way UCLA has played? 
Well, that's the funny thing. It hasn't changed. They've actually, uh, I mean, like until the Northwestern game, they'd actually gone up with the metrics. Uh, uh, you know, I'm friend, a little bit of a friend with Ken Pomeroy. He was nice enough to uh, crunch the numbers for me. Their analytics had actually gotten better on both offense and defense uh, going into that Northwestern game. Now, I think they took a little slight step back uh, after that. But, you know, they, they just basically kept the same plan of, of being relentless and attacking and, Everybody's kind of stepped up their game, and it's been kind of a collective thing. Uh, you know, they've got two really active guys off the bench who, who played more minutes in uh, Dylan Andrews, who might be their best on-ball defender, and then uh, Will McClendon, who's also very scrappy, uh, another wing player. So, you know, those guys have stepped up. Jaime Hawkins has realized that he's got to, you know, get those deflections and steals. He had five in the first half alone against Asheville. So, you know, everybody's kind of stepped up, and uh, Kenny Nuba, when, when Bono went down, uh, was a force to post defensively. So, you know, they realize that they, they still have talent uh, behind these guys who've been out. So that's, that's how they've done it. All right, so the Singleton injury at the end of that Northwestern game, you know, you, you mentioned uh, you saw him walking around yesterday. If he's not effective, how, how's that changed Mick Cronin's strategy here tonight? Well, it would be similar to the Arizona game in the Pac-12 championship when I believe he went scoreless, and they still almost won that game. I mean, they didn't, They, you know, Singleton played, but he didn't score, and then Boner didn't play, and yet, you know, uh, UCLA had a chance to win on Dylan Andrews' wide-open three at the end of the game. So, you know, as I've alluded to, they, they have lots of guys who can step up and, and, and score. Obviously, they want David Singleton to play, tremendous three-point shooter, uh, galvanizing presence on the court who really pulls the guys together whenever anybody gets a little too emotional. Um, so, you know, I expect him to play. Um, but, you know, Drew Timmy's going to be the guy that's going to be the focus of their defensive plan. And if a damn bonus can't play, uh, you know, that leaves just uh, uh, Kenny Lupo and Mac at the end to kind of conta- contain him. They've only got 10 fouls between them, and they, they both fouled out uh, in that Arizona uh, Pac-12 championship. So, that, to me, would be the big factor that could swing the game in Gonzaga's favor um, if Drew Timmy uh, has those two guys to go against tonight. Yeah, Bona, when he's played, you know, his foul issues early in the season, that's seemingly gotten better. But, uh, you know, can they expect, what can they expect from Bona tonight if he's able to go? Well, if he plays, I would expect him, you know, they're not going to put him out there if he's, uh, you know, number one, they're not going to put him out there if he's in danger of, of any kind of, like, long-term structural damage. Number two, they're not going to put him out there if they don't think he can be effective because at that point, what would be the point of it? So if he plays, I would expect to see pretty close to normal Dembona now in that Northwestern game uh, to start the game. He was pretty out of rhythm. Uh, you know, and got frustrated, and he did have a good dunk in the early going. But other than that, uh, wasn't really a factor until late in the game when he had that that dunk, and then came back in and got the block that led to David Singleton's three pointer that uh, really uh, opened up the game, gave gave them a six point lead, and then they made their free throws. So, um, you know, if he plays, I I, I think that he'll be uh, you know good enough to to be the normal Dembona we're used to seeing. Of course, UCLA and Gonzaga had the classic meeting a couple of years ago, and uh, you know there's some key members, uh, both teams still playing for these teams. Uh, obviously, Hawkes, Campbell, Timmy come to mind. Uh, has there been much discussion from you, those two sides about that game this week? 
Yeah, you know, uh, Mick Cronin was uh, – I asked him about that uh, earlier in the week, and he said he rewatched the game right up until Johnny Juzang tried to score with that foot back, and then he pressed pause because he didn't obviously want to see the heartbreak ending. But, you know, I think these teams have kind of stressed that even though, you know, they do have some players back, it's a, it's a different game, it's a different season. Um, obviously, I think, you know, the experience factor goes in UCLA's favor. I think the revenge-slash-motivation factor goes in UCLA's favor. But Gonzaga's still got a lot of talent, and they're very well coached, uh, and they're capable of beating anybody. So, to me, this, you know, I, I hate to use cliches, but this, this really is, to me, kind of a, a true coin flip game. UCLA played in this building a couple weeks ago. Does that, does that matter, do you think? You know what? I think it does, only in the fact that, you know, they've been talking about they have not had kind of a, a good run of luck in Vegas, uh, no pun intended. Uh, you know, they've never won a, a Pac-12 tournament title since they moved to T-Mobile starting in 2017. And then last season they got blown out by Gonzaga on the same court. And, you know, they even lost the game to North Carolina and CBS Sports Classic a few years ago. So they've not really had a good result in this arena and I think they're very eager to change that. And Amari Bailey, who's a freshman, uh, even brought it up yesterday. So I know that it's definitely a talking point among the players and something uh, they want to get done. You mentioned Bailey. Yeah, he was injured, obviously, for a large chunk of the season. He's come back, and he's had some spectacular moments and games here lately. How much better has he made this team? And considering everything else going on with the injury situation, I assume his his effectiveness has become even more important. Yeah, in fact, you're right. If we had gone through this interview and not mentioned Amari Bailey, I, I would have done a terrible job of, of capturing what's going on with this team because he has been really the guy who's elevated them since Jalen Clark went out. Um, you know, he was the primary uh, defender on Boo Booey, Northwestern's best perimeter player. Uh, he's added a real scoring punch. I think he's averaging 17 points since Jalen Clark went down. So he's doing it on both ends, and he just he just brings uh, a dynamic kind of uh, athletic presence to the offense that they didn't have previously with his ability to get to the rim. You know, he can get his own shot. Um, he made a, a couple of three-pointers against Northwestern. So just really, really flourishing uh, at just the right time for UCLA. Yeah, Gonzaga fans certainly travel. They found their way to Las Vegas over the years, whether it be uh, you know games in November, December, or their conference tournament. Uh, so you know, I know that Vegas is closer to Los Angeles, but who has the home crowd tonight? And do you think that really matters? Oh, I think it definitely matters, and I'm going to be very, very interested because I remember that game here last year in November, and it might as well have been a Gonzaga home game. I would say. That might have been 75 25% in, in Gonzaga's favor. They, you're absolutely right. They travel great. This is UCLA fans' chance for redemption to show out. I know they love this team. They love these seniors. So, you know, I, I, I hope for their sake that there's a, a good turnout tonight. There, there, there was in uh, Sacramento, you know, Northwestern brought a good chunk of fans, but I would say it was two-thirds uh, UCLA. So, Maybe a little bit closer to 50-50. I think Gonzaga might have a slight edge, but uh, it shouldn't be kind of the home game it was for them here last year. 
Talking with Ben Bolch of the Los Angeles Times. Okay, so we've gone through a few things here. Uh, you, what what do you think tops the uh, Mick Cronin uh, reason for concern list entering this game tonight, other than the injury situation? Yeah, I mean, it's got to be Drew Timmy, right, with his 28 points against CCU and his little moves around the basket that draw, you know, fouls really fast. Um, you know, in, in my estimation, if he gets – over 20, uh, that really puts Gonzaga in a good spot, um, and that that's kind of the line. Maybe 22 points if he gets if he gets over that, uh, Gonzaga really has to like its chances. They, you know they've got some good guards as well. They can hit three, so you know defending the three point line and then, and then holding Drew Timmy to a reasonable number. If, if those are my two kind of uh, red circle game points going into the game, if I'm Nick Cronin. All right, so you know, I mentioned the point spreads, roughly one, one and a half, maybe a couple twos in certain places in Vegas, and you mentioned it's kind of a toss-up. Uh, if you had to pick somebody to win the game tonight, who would you be picking? Yeah, you know, it's, as I said, it's a point flip game, but I do have a feeling about this UCLA team. You know, uh, you know, Team of Destiny is a, a phrase that I've, heard ever since I was a kid watching NC State with Jim Valvano make that amazing <laughs> run and I do have a little bit of that feeling with this with this UCLA team you know pulling together no matter who's in or out what the circumstances are what the challenge is in front of them so you know I think I think it's going to be a, an incredibly tight game I think somebody from UCLA is going to hit a late, a late shot to go ahead and, and they're going to win the game by a point or two. Lastly, you would think, at least I would think, that high scoring that favors Gonzaga, lower scoring UCLA. Is that a correct assessment on my part? Yeah, and uh, Mick Cronin made a point of saying that Arizona coach Tommy Lloyd probably was a big part of the uh, Gonzaga scout because, you know, he played, or I'm sorry, he was a long term assistant under Mark Few. So he knows that mm-hmm. he's been talking to, to Coach Few and trying to. Uh, you know, give them more information about how UCLA is going to try to keep the tempo down, like they did against Arizona. So that's you know that's a that's a little bit of a of a favor for Gonzaga. But uh, you know, UCLA has done a great job of, of keeping the tempo to its liking uh, most of the season. Ben, always appreciate the time. Thanks. Have a good time. All right. Thanks so much for having me on. Our pleasure, Ben Bolch of the Los Angeles Times. Excellent stuff from Ben as always, and uh, the Bruins uh, tonight against the Zags. Uh, you know, whoever, uh, I'm sure that uh, one thing I didn't get into do with Ben there for a second, maybe I probably should have brought this up, but, you know, the, for the, uh, you know, supremacy of the West, right? Because the U of A is not, the, you know, they're not number one in the West. So, you know, whoever wins this game, I think has got to be uh, considered the preeminent program, at least right now on the West Coast. And, you know, Gonzaga's had the 20-year run, and UCLA is certainly uh, – regrouped and uh, you know been a you know a powerhouse quote unquote since McCrone has taken over as the head coach. All right, next segment, phone call time. 602-260-1060 this general discussion. Also, we'll have today's local roundup. We'll get to some Suns Lakers analysis from last night and time pending a few other Western Conference basketball items regarding uh, the Suns competitors. And uh, we'll see what else we get in the next segment. Uh, Look ahead to the NBA tonight, possibly, depending on phone call volume. If you want to get in, it is general discussion. 602-260-1060. Who do you like tonight in Las Vegas, UCLA or Gonzaga? And also our other poll question, the Twitter poll question today. 
Who you got against the spread at MSG tonight? Florida Atlantic against Tennessee. And uh, Florida Atlantic getting four and a half at the FanDuel Sportsbook. There's five, five and a halfs around the world, but uh, we're going with four and a half. Get the FanDuel Sportsbook as our official number today. It's time for today's local roundup. And welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD2 100.7. In addition to the local roundup, it is phone call time at the KDUS hotline at 602-260-1060. We'll get to your phone calls in a local roundup shortly. First up, a quick repeat of today's pipeline in case you missed it at the top of the show. We start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. Today's question is who wins tonight against uh, in Las Vegas, UCLA or Gonzaga. Point spread is basically one, one and a half, two, depending on where you do your business. And also the uh, Twitter poll question, MSG tonight. We asked, um, you know, we basically have, uh, after we get done with this question here, the uh, Florida Atlantic, you have minus, or excuse me, plus four and a half or Tennessee minus four and a half. We'll have covered all four games in a poll question for the uh, Sweet 16 games tonight. And, of course, this is uh, uh, the, the Tennessee, the mighty SEC, against the uh, Conference USA member, Florida Atlantic. And uh, that conference has been way down uh, since Memphis State was in its heyday in the uh, 2000s, uh, early 2000s. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's a big-time matchup for uh, – Florida Atlantic, obviously, and uh, so who you got in that particular game? Also in the pipeline today, uh, questions out there. Should the Suns fans have a new appreciation for DeAndre Ayton after the consecutive losses now to the Thunder and Lakers? More on that game from last night in a couple of moments here. The Warriors uh, went on the road last night. The Grizzlies get John Morant back. More on that here momentarily also. Uh, between those two teams, Warriors and Grizzlies, which team has the longest playoff run this upcoming uh, you know, playoff season, which starts in uh, like less than three weeks? Meanwhile, C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, it's been uh, dueling quarterbacks the last two days. Stroud had his pro day in Columbus yesterday. Young having his pro day in Tuscaloosa today. So what should the Panthers do with the first pick of the draft, C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, or – should they trade down from that number one pick, which they acquired just a couple of Fridays ago from the Chicago Bears? Also, anything else on your mind? So, uh, Sports-related, 602-260-1060 if you want to get in. we got time and room for you right now. All right. To the Suns from last night. They're now 0-2 and two this week. It should not be surprising because DeAndre Ayton did not travel to Oklahoma City and Los Angeles. But it's obviously just no Aiton here. It's no Kevin Durant. It's no Mikhail Bridges. It's no Cam Johnson. Uh, because that means if without those guys, it's more and too much Josh Yakogi, too much Bismack Biombo, too much Jock Landale. That trio of Yakogi, uh, Biombo, Landale last night in uh, 65 minutes. Let's call these 65 empty minutes. Finished with 15 points on 5 of 15 from the field. Um, I don't know if the 15 points is worse or the 15 field goal attempts in 65 minutes between those three guys. That's not much. Meanwhile, Monty Williams opted not to play Ish Wainwright and Damian Lee uh, in favor of T.J. Warren and Darius Baisley. And Baisley and Warren combined for 6 points in 22 minutes. 
In addition to the obvious issues at the offensive end, the Suns without without Durant and Ayton, they can't defend without fouling. Last night they committed a grand total. Actually, they gave 50, uh, 46, excuse me, 46 free throw attempts. The Lakers, without LeBron, obviously, they got 122 points last night. That's just horrendous defense. Without the four aforementioned guys that I met, you know, went through with uh, Bridges and Johnson and uh, the current still on the roster dudes of Duran and Ayton, but unfortunately injured, they've got no chance to stop people without fouling at this point. The bottom line is the Suns and Williams without Durant and Ayton were forced to use players who, quite frankly, should not be on the floor playing meaningful minutes. And that's not going to change anytime soon, I don't think. Meanwhile, around the Western Conference, the Mavericks lost last night to the Warriors. The national media and Mark Cuban, I know, have lost their mind over the confusing call in the third quarter that the Mavericks lost. The Mavericks had the entire fourth quarter to win the game and fell short. That should be talked about more than the the confusion, I guess we could say. Uh, in the uh, earlier in the game, I mean, they had a whole quarter to rectify that confusion, and they did not. Meanwhile, John Moran off the bench last night for the first time in his NBA career, coming back from the the uh, suspension in his uh, you know away from the team. Let's put it that way. Suspension, you know, is the slap on the wrist. I don't know if you can hear this. I'm slapping my wrist. Uh, so there's that. Uh, this, the Grizzlies, by the way even without Durant, and then last night, they've now won seven of the last eight games uh, because, you know, Jaron Jackson has really stepped up. You know, everybody's been talking about him for the Defensive Player of the Year for some time. He had 37 points last night. It was against the lowly Rockets, but he had 37 points. As far as the conference standings go in the West, you're really the top three teams of uh, the Nuggets actually have won two in a row now, so I don't know if that means they've gotten, kind of figured it out or whatever after their you know, you know, malaise or slide at the beginning of this month. But uh, you know, they still have just 24 losses. They're three, three games ahead in the loss column over the Grizzlies, and they're five games ahead of the Kings. Those three teams have certainly separated themselves from the next glob of teams. I'm going to call them a glob of teams. Uh, the Suns lose last night. And they're still fourth in the Western Conference. They have uh, 24 losses. There's a whole bunch of teams that are you know, the glob part. The Clippers with 25 losses, but obviously Paul George is going to miss some time for them. The Warriors actually have won two in a row on the road, uh, granted against the Rockets and the shorthanded Mavericks who were without. Uh, they did get Luka Doncic back last night, but Kyrie Irving did not play because of uh, injury last night for them. So the Warriors sitting at 36 losses. Also at 36 losses, Oklahoma City. They're the one team that actually, I think, has played pretty well here lately. They have won eight of their last ten games. Seemingly everybody else in the Western Conference in the second part of this group here in in the glob part of things have not exactly excelled of late. Uh, Let's put it that way. And some of these teams have played really poorly recently. Uh, but uh, also 26 losses would be Oklahoma City. 27 losses would be the Timberwolves, who did get Carl Anthony Towns back last night after he missed five months uh, with the uh, calf injury. Uh, the uh, Sticking with the 37-loss group, that would be the Mavericks, the Lakers, and also the Jazz, plus the Pelicans. 
And uh, there's a little you know, Zion news, if there's news, that he's uh, been cleared to resume, resume some on-court activity. So we'll see if how long that lasts, and hopefully he'll be okay. So on to tonight in the Western Conference. A couple of games involving the teams that we just mentioned there. You know, the uh, New Orleans uh, Pelicans uh, against Charlotte. The battle of, uh, you, know, you know, they used to, you know, obviously Charlotte was playing in New Orleans for a while. Uh, but uh, the Pelicans, eight and a half point favorites in that game tonight. And uh, they're, you know, reasonably healthy for them, at least what they've compared uh, for much of the season without Williamson obviously still back. And then the Clippers in Oklahoma City play tonight. So one of these teams has to lose. And uh, the Clippers, a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Paul George not going to be playing tonight or for a while. Uh, total in that game, by the way, not surprisingly, a very high number of two, uh, 232 and a half. Also in today's local roundup, in case you missed it during the uh, extra point yesterday, this news broke during the extra point yesterday. For the U of A basketball program, I think Wednesday could be addition by subtraction. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, Kirk Creesa entered the transfer portal, which does not mean he's leaving for sure. It probably signals the end of his time in Tucson. He did like a farewell thing on some social media, you know, thanks to Tucson, la-di-da, and so forth. He led the Pac-12 in assists, but that was more because I think of Tommy Lloyd's up-tempo style. And, you know, increases, you know, poor defense had just become a serious liability. Something I mentioned last year, I'm mentioning even more this year. I think there's no doubt that the increased departure clears the way for Kylan Boswell, who played his uh, last year of high school basketball here in the Valley, still only 17 years old, Bosley, Boswell, excuse me. And uh, he'll be the primary ball hander, and he's going to be a far superior defender. He already is. He was a far superior defender the second that he stepped on campus in Tucson than Creesa. So uh, I think that uh, the point guard play will be actually better in the long run next year for the U of A than it has been the last two years, I guess three years, but especially the last two years with Creesa as the starting point guard. All right, next up, time for our spring training report. We've only got a couple more days of this brought to you by Porta Subs. So right now, caller number two. Caller number two, 602-260-1060. You're today's winner of uh, lunch for two at Porta Subs. Once again, caller number two, 602-260-1060. And here is today's spring training report. And the Astros got actually worse news than expected regarding Jose Altuve. Altuve had surgery to repair the fractured right thumb. Uh, we knew that was going to happen. The original reports were eight to ten weeks. He's not even going to resume baseball activities, as it turns out. After the surgery, Dana Brown, the general manager of the Astros, revealed yesterday he's not going to resume baseball activities for at least two months. And that's just baseball activities. That doesn't mean he's going to play in uh, two months. So uh, worse than they thought, obviously, Altuve playing for Venezuela in the World Baseball Classic. Uh, was uh, injured when he was uh, drilled by a 96-mile-an-hour fastball from Team USA pitcher Daniel Bard, now of the Colorado Rockies, and at one time uh, with the Diamondbacks as a uh, pitcher and an executive. Uh, or I don't know if he was officially, officially an executive, but he was in their system after his playing career, and then he came back and he's decided to play again. Meanwhile, the Dodgers' opening day starting pitcher has been a topic of discussion 
Uh, Julio Urias is lined up to pitch for the Dodgers on opening day ahead of Clayton Kershaw, who's been their opening day starter for many years. Dave Roberts hasn't announced the official starter for the Thursday. A week from today is the start of the, the uh, opening day of uh, the Major League Baseball season, and the Diamondbacks are playing the Dodgers. Uh, but you know, Roberts has not officially named Urias the starter for that March 30th game against the, against the Diamondbacks. However... He did tell reporters on Tuesday that Arias is going to pitch tomorrow in a Cactus League against the Brewers. And if you just do the, you know, the, you know, just kind of the uh, the progression period, it appears that sets him up to be pitching opening day against the Diamondbacks. Of course, Urias was, you know, pitching in the World Baseball Classic also. He pitched uh, for Team Mexico in that series. All right, that's the spring training report from Porta Subs for today. Porta Subs is slicing up the quality that you crave, your favorite slice, uh, sliced uh, fresh premium meats, and uh, the uh, tremendous uh, you know, fresh baked bread. We love the bread. Uh, also, we have the fresh veggie toppings and the savory sauces. You can get the taste that you crave at your north neighborhood, Porta Subs. Go to portasubs.com to order online. And uh, you can also check out your closest Valley location. All right, coming up next, we'll have a news news update with Corey, he tried to say, followed by the conclusion of today's uh, Sports Zone with the National Roundup. That'll be topped by the latest line for the Sweet 16. Get to a few other items in that next segment, so stay tuned for that. Don't forget the extra point coming up in the next two hours, uh, starting at 10 o'clock, hosted by Kayla. Among the many topics and things we'll cover, uh, we'll cover lots of Valley sports, including ASU's extension of Bobby Hurley's contract with Doug Haller from The Athletic. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Castlux HD 2 100.7. Time for today's National Roundup. And hey, welcome back. Final segment of today's Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUSAM AM 1060, KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. And we start with the latest line from the Sweet 16. Let's start with the four games tonight in Michigan State against Kansas State. That's the first game at MSG tonight. And Michigan State opened a one-point favorite. They're up to one-and-a-half-point favorites. The total opened at 136.5. That's up to 138.5. We're going with the consensus Nevada numbers on these games for this segment. And uh, the uh, second game tonight is the first game in Las Vegas at the T-Mobile Arena with Arkansas against Connecticut. Connecticut opened four, still sitting at four. The total in this game has gone from 141.5 down to 140. As far as the uh, nightcaps in tonight's games, uh, the MSG nightcap, Florida Atlantic. Imagine, I'm sure those kids from Florida Atlantic are going. New York City is kind of a, this is a big, big place. Uh, They're uh, facing Tennessee, and Tennessee opened a a four-and-a-half point favorite. They're up to five-and-a-half for the most part in most shops around the world. And uh, as far as uh, the total goes, open 132 and a half. And like most Tennessee games, 
Not too many people are going to bet over on the Tennessee totals down to 129.5 in that game there. And then the finale, we previewed this game earlier this hour with Ben Bolch from the Los Angeles Times. Needless to say, unfortunately for UCLA, multiple injury situations, whether it's Clark or Singleton or Bona, and uh, Clark obviously out. Uh, Singleton expected to go. Bona expected to try to go. And uh, Mick Cronin uh, mentioned after the last game against Northwestern that uh, Bona's, uh, it's just a pain tolerance thing. And, you know, whether he'll be able to make it through, I think is probably the biggest question. Gonzaga and UCLA. And uh, UCLA actually opened a one-point favorite. There's been some twos. There's been some ones. Uh, We're going to go with one and a half as a consensus number at last look, which was just a few minutes ago. And the total in this game opened at 145.5 and and pretty much has been sitting at 145.5 since uh, the opening number. And is kind of, that seems to be not just consensus, but almost, uh, almost unanimous as far as the total in that game goes. As far as tomorrow's games, San Diego State against Alabama. Alabama opened six and a half. And after their excellent uh, you know, five, five game stretch now, the three games in the SEC tournament when they you know, swept the, uh, the conference tournament and easily won that championship. And then last week's uh, you know, two games in the uh, NCAA tournament. Not surprising that Alabama's gone from six and a half to seven and a half point favorites. The total. Uh, Open 137, still at 137. Uh, Tomorrow, also, Miami of Florida against Houston. And this is the contrast of styles game. Uh, Miami of Florida doesn't play hardly any defense, and they got lots of guys that can score. Houston plays a ton of defense, and you wonder sometimes if they're going to score. And uh, Houston opened a seven-point favorite. There's a few seven-and-a-halves out there. Uh, but seven still the consensus number, at least in Nevada. Total opened at 138.5 down to 138, kind of like a, the Tennessee thing. There's not many Houston games were, uh, to my recollection, to, uh, that the total is going to be bet up. Second games, uh, the nightcaps in the uh, regional sites tomorrow. Princeton against Creighton. And I'm a little surprised at this number. You know, Creighton opened nine up to 10. And there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of take back at this point. Uh, Princeton opened 141.5 in the total, 139, uh, the latest consensus total on that game. And in the final game on Friday night, at least right now, time-wise, you never know know, what's going to happen from site to site. But right now, the scheduled time-wise, the final game will be Texas against uh, Sean Miller and Xavier. And Texas opened 4.5. There are some fours out there. Uh, but it's mainly four and a half. Total open 148 and a half, and it's up to 149. That also makes sense because, contrary to other games I talked about, as far as the total, yeah, Xavier games, uh, they, they it's, it's a whole new Sean Miller. They get up and down the floor, and that's what they have to do because they're much better offensively than they are defensively. Also, rip from the headlines, Notre Dame finalizing a deal to make Penn State's Micah Shrewsbury the uh, school's next head coach, according to ESPN. We mentioned this possibility yesterday uh, during the uh, three-hour radio uh, three-hour radio block. Uh, he's expected to get a seven-year contract, according to the ESPN report, and he actually turned down a uh, contract extension from Penn State, but I'll throw this part in. This is not necessarily from ESPN. This part's for me. 
Penn State's a football school, folks. So if you get an opportunity, I know Notre Dame's a football school too, but they have a better basketball history than Penn State does. And uh, he's losing a whole lot of guys from that Penn State team, which made a surprising run at the end of the regular season. And then, of course, last week, winning a couple of games, uh, one game, and almost winning two games in the NCAA tournament. Meanwhile, also, we mentioned this yesterday. It was most likely going to happen, and Providence has hired George Mason's Kim English as its next head coach. He spent the last two years at George Mason, led George Mason to their first 20-win season in six years. And also one of their college basketball note for now, North Carolina big man Armando Baycott. He's coming back for his fifth season with the Tar Heels. He is a rebounding machine. Did not benefit last year from he didn't get the ball enough. Quite frankly, he had to if he got the ball, he had to go rebound it. Uh, he did still average 15.9 points and 10.5 rebounds this past season, but uh, their guards took way too many shots and did not throw him the ball enough. Also from the notebook, Paul George gonna miss at least the next couple of weeks for the Clippers with the sprained right knee. The Pelicans announced on Wednesday that they've cleared Zion Williamson to return to on-court activities. He has the hamstring injury. He's been out since the first week of January. And quickly from the NFL, the uh, Browns yesterday, we were on the air during the extra point when the Nicole Hardman, McCole Hardman uh, signing was announced. But the, the Jets also later yesterday traded wide receiver Elijah Moore to the Browns for another second-round pick, and that should give them a little more leverage or at least gives them more flexibility in what they want to try to do to try to get the Aaron Rodgers trade with the Packers finalized. All right, stay tuned. In the next two hours, it's the Extra Point hosted by Kayla. That includes some ASU and local roundup, a local, local sports discussion with Doug Haller from The Athletic. This has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp. Thanks for listening.